There is a time for everything. The words of King Solomon, son of David, in Ecclesiastes 3, shares insightful words related to the seasons of life. The section shares that there is a time to plant and uproot, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to live and die. Those words remind us there is a season for everything. These words to me share that there is a great equalizer. This idea of worship and holy fear is something greater than our narrow view. There is nothing better to do than make this life count. It is sacred and meaningful. Above all, everything is beautiful. An eternity has been built into our soul and physical DNA. There is a mystery to life, but there is also a call to be joyful and to do good. My grandfather, Richard Albert Miller, awoke to a new part of his journey on September 12, 2021. He lived life to the full. He made the most of the gift, this life that comes from God. The fortunate few called him grandpa, dad, and husband. The rest called him a friend as he was a stranger to no one. A man with charisma and the ability to own a room, the life of the party, and he led well. He was able to make all feel welcome and to be a part of his invigorating life. He shared his loving and kind heart with all. Most importantly, he is a called, chosen, and loved child of the Almighty God. Richard is no doubt a larger-than-life human being. He loved his family, his wife, and his friends with a deep passion. He understood that there was more to this life than him and he walked in the identity that he was a part of a larger picture. He made the most of the gift. He spoke, walked, and lived with a passion that comes from a man secure in his identity. He knew who he was and lived out of that true nature. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What this means is, There's a unique individual that was created with each life. God made it all for a plan. Grandpa walked in that identity. I have found the essence of this life resides in Jesus Christ. Much like the Apostle Paul, our attitude should be nothing else matters in this life but the resurrection of Christ that was promised to all his children. The confidence of the life Richard lived comes from a firm foundation. I could share hundreds of stories of him living out of his glory. That's what carries on from today. But that is our task too, to make sure that we live out of our glory and make it count and live life to the full. The entire chapter of Psalm 139 is loaded with beautiful words from a man after God's own heart. King David was lavishly loved by God and was very much in touch with this human existence. Like us, He yearned for God and dealt with the aspects of life that pull us away from our true identity. His words, like all scripture, are spirit-breathed. And the words have a way of covering the moments that we all share in this walk of life. I encourage you to sit and read the entire chapter several times of Psalm 139. Drink it up. However, verses 13 through 18 provides context For you created my innermost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I 
praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Richard is fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that there is none like you? The mold was broken when you were knit in your mother's womb. Fearfully means there's a sense of awe, mystery, and miracle with each life. Fearfully, we look to the stars at the depth of the Grand Canyon and marvel at our life concerning the big picture in this vast universe. And at times, that barrier between the Creator and me feels so enormous. However, there is no mistake, no second thought, no other version of you or part of you that Jesus is not radically and totally in love with. Richard is living out of his glory, no longer limited to the confines of our heritage from Adam, our first father. Let us rejoice as he is face to face with the resurrected lamb. I want to share words of Jesus and Richard with you. During the ministry of Jesus, his teaching, miracles, and new kingdom talk were frankly upsetting the order. It was a time when the lines were blurred between political and religious systems. Sounds eerily familiar. He was teaching this radical grace that conflicted with religion. We are familiar with the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses. That was not good enough due to our human flaws, so Jewish law then morphed into over 600 laws. No one could keep it. No one then, no one now is without sin. Jesus shared, if we think it, we have done it. Radical approach to what holy living means, that we can't do it on our own. Jesus knew the Torah, Mosaic Law, Old Testament, and the Word of God as he was the flesh and bone version of that very word. As religious gatekeepers tried to protect their power, authority, and standing with the Roman political system, they thought to catch him with words and publicly mark this unwelcome kingdom. In Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, one of the teachers of the law asked him, of all the commandments, which is most important? And Jesus said, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love the Lord with all your being. What does that mean? Love is the leading affection of the soul. The love of God is the supreme grace in a renewed soul. Loving God with all our heart will effectually take us from and arm us against all those things that are rivals with him for the throne of our souls. It is not as daunting as it seems, but it is simple as sharing life with him. Bring him into our daily flow, just like Jesus did nothing apart from the Father. That is also our charge. And love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? We do not get to pick our neighbors. So this means that everyone we encounter shall be treated as a treasured work of art that is fearfully and wonderfully made. Our words and actions have meaning. In mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis shared, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find that one of the greatest secrets are when you're behaving as if you love someone, and then you will presently come to love them. 
When we gathered at Grandpa's 80th birthday party, he shared some words that hit me then and encompassed Christ's message to love one another. He shared about a time when his sister was in the South and walked on the same side of the street as an African-American man. Word got out about this back home, and at a time, she was looked down upon and ostracized. He reflected on that moment, and in his years of the journey, his message was, we are all people. Treat others with respect and dignity. Amazing words that were relevant and touching. Do not be saddled by religion and politics. What Jesus calls us to is a deeper meaning of life abundantly. Accepting his scandalous grace means we can do nothing to earn it or lose it. Ask for his presence. Ask for his heart. Ask for his guidance in the moment. Lift that cup and ask for more. The person that speaks to my heart, Terry Wardle, shares more about this lavish, scandalous grace is new wine. Jesus gives abundantly. We are the cup, and when we ask for more of him, he pours that new wine. He chooses to let it overflow, run everywhere because it is wild and cannot be captured on our own. I'm also sorry if, quote, religion has taught us that there are all these sanctifying religious hoops to jump through. The promise of resurrection is not promised if you merely go to church. If you read your Bible, give to charity and pray. It is only through a daily embrace of the resurrected Christ, then through his love and relationship, you may find yourself seeking more of his presence through the tenets of the faith. You will want to embrace more of him through prayer and holy scriptures. Ask for more. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are good enough. You are chosen. You are loved. Say it with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You matter, you're chosen, and there is a Father who calls you by name. There is nothing you have to do. The Creator is already on fire with loving thoughts of you. Scriptures say that Jesus is the right hand of God in all of His glory. All you have to do is turn to your left and say, fill this cup. Be well and treat each other well. Thank you.